0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. And let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. And when I wrote, was writing March at the top of the page of my prayer log, I mean, right even without thinking, thinking about what I was doing, I wrote Mega Month for March. But then the Lord spoke to me and said, Tell everybody that this is going to be a month of breakthroughs. But this month is going to be a month of great breakthroughs. You know, I was watching a, watching a deal on TV the other day about World War, uh, World War II, and they, they came and, and they established a beachhead in Normandy, and then they fought all in France, and they had a hard time because of the terrain. And uh, uh, just some of the, the, the Germans had reinforced a lot of their, a lot of their uh, units that were depleted in the initial uh, battle. And so the the fight got tough. It got real tough. It got real difficult. But then they had what they called a breakout. And I'm telling you, when they broke out, they ran almost, if they wouldn't have stopped them, they'd have ran all the way to Berlin. But what happened was, is a new army came in. The third army came in under Patton, and it just brought new life to everything, just brought brand new life to everything. Now, here's the thing. You know, we are the army of God. But the victory is already ours. And there's no new troops that have to come in. Jesus, Jesus defeated the devil. But sometimes it feels like you're bogged down in a fight. You just get bogged down, uh, believing for a healing or a breakthrough financially in your business or whatever it may be. But I'm here. But I'm going to prophesy to you that this month is your breakthrough month. And it begins with you. It begins with you saying it. It begins with you saying it. Begin to tell yourself. Leave this place today, going. This is my breakthrough month in Jesus' name. And gee, listen, we'll end this month, we'll end this month on Easter Sunday. Literally the 31st, we'll end this month on Easter Sunday. By that Sunday, you will have broken through in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now thank God for it. Come on, thank God for it. Thank God for it today. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you're fighting the enemy in your body, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Miss Rojas, go ahead and give that out. Now, think it not strange in the days, the weeks, and the months ahead that the darkness in the world increases, the calamity, the tragedies, and all that the enemy tries to do unto mankind. Yeah, it is increasing right in front of you. But get your eyes off of that. For so also is the light increasing, and the life of God increasing, and the anointing and the blessing of God. So do not get fixated on that which is happening. No, get fixated on who He is in you. And it will carry you through. It will lift you up, up above all of that that's going on in the earth today. For harvest is upon you. A time for blessing to be poured out in an abundant way. So don't pull back and say, my, my, look at that which is going on in the earth. For if you do, it will distract you. No, keep yourself focused on the things of the Spirit and the things of God. For there will be a distinct difference between those that believe and those that do not. Between those that hear and those that do not. Between those that respond and obey and those that do not. For those that do not will drift away into doubt and into unbelief and into hopelessness. But those that keep themselves fixed upon the things of God and upon the things of, of the Spirit shall see the greatest blessings, the greatest blessings of their spiritual life, the greatest blessings of their faith. So that's what's ahead. Don't be alarmed. Don't be surprised. It's happening even now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, lift your hands up and thank God for I don't know exactly the circumstances of what is causing this, but but... You've had just such a darkness come on you. And that's the way the Holy Ghost gives it to me. It's like a sunny day in which a big storm cloud would come and just literally block out the sun. I don't know if it's a financial problem or a problem in your, what kind of problem, but it's such a darkness that has come on you. And it's it's more than just the everyday things that we go through in life. It's just a real darkness. And literally, now you've not, you've not, uh, uh, submitted to, or even listened to. But the enemy has tried to attack you on the level of self-destruction. He's just, he said it to you a couple of times. Just end it all, just end it all. You're like, I ain't ending it all. But still, you're still struggling with that darkness that's trying to come. If that's you, get up here real quick. Get up here real quick. Don't be ashamed. We all go through these kind of things. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Thank you. You're fine, right there, sweetheart. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we're going to study the incarnation. The word incarnation means clothing with flesh. We do not believe in reincarnation. Should have got a better amen than that. You say, well, I'm hoping to come back as something better. You won't. You got one shot now, so you might as well go ahead and try and get it right. And I know I ain't coming back as an animal. I don't know where they get that ridiculous doctrine at. People want to eat a cow, you know, because they think that's Uncle Bob. Well, we're going to eat Uncle Bob, Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll fix Uncle Bob up. But you know it's amazing people are in such bondage to those to those types of religions and and you know well, you know you don't get it right then you come back in the next next level. I was amazed. I saw and I I hadn't thought about that in years, but I actually saw this on TV. And there was this handsome little he couldn't have been but about 8 years old, uh, a young uh, African American uh, boy. Just just a kid, just a little kid, 18 years. But he was the reincarnation of a Confederate general. Now, these guys had studied him. They had him at this university over in Mississippi, and they had studied him, and he knew all these battle plans, and he knew all this kind of stuff. And They'd just come to the conclusion, this guy's general so-and-so of the Confederate. I thought to myself, good Lord. First of all, that's a familiar spirit that's done got on that child. Somebody needs to recognize it and cast it off of him. Amen. But listen, you get one chance. You get one shot. Amen. You say, what do you mean? You're put on this planet for one reason, and that is to answer a question. Jesus, he gave that question to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16. Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? Then who do you say that Jesus is? Now you can get all the questions of life wrong and get that one question right and you're going to be okay but you can get all the questions of life right and get that one question wrong and you're going to be in big trouble. So answer that question. You say, how do I answer it? He is the Son of God. He is Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, first of all, just a little bit of the review, what we're doing, studying the subject of redemption. We found out God created the heavens for the purpose of the earth. He created the earth for the purpose of man. He created mankind because God wanted a family. He wanted to be a father. That's why Jesus called him the heavenly father. We'll see that where Jesus initiated that and did make everybody happy. But mankind, put into the garden, given a choice, chose wrong. And because of his sin, the Bible says, death or separation from God entered into all of humanity for that all have sinned or all have the sin nature in them. Now, we see down through the ages of time, different men, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, all of those that lived under the covenant in which law was initiated and instituted, people that could not live up to the standard of the law because the law was not given to bring salvation. The law was given to reveal sin and to create in man a need or to understand a need for a Savior. Every person born on the planet needs a Savior. Let me say that again. Every person born on the planet needs a Savior. You cannot save yourself. You cannot be good enough. You cannot be educated enough. You cannot be benevolent enough. You must have a Savior. You cannot save yourself. Because God used one man to redeem us, the reason He used one man is because the enemy caused one man to fall. Amen? So we saw that out of this problem, out of this mess that mankind had made upon the earth, God raised up a man named Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham. Out of Abraham came a family, 12 sons. Out of those 12 sons, sons came a nation. Out of that nation came a priesthood. Out of that nation that had a priesthood and access to God through a law and bleeding sacrifice, there rose up a king. Out of the lineage of that king, King David, came the Redeemer His name is Jesus. Amen? So we understood that the first Scripture ever given that had to do with redemption, Genesis 3.15, says that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. Understanding that God would use the woman, but He could not use the man. Let me say that again. He used the woman, but He could not use the man because the man transfers from generation to generation the type of the blood. So when the blood got tainted, everybody say, when the blood got tainted, it tainted all of humanity. Because from father to father to father to father to father to father, the sin, the iniquity, and the tainted blood of humanity was passed. Keep that in mind because we'll look at it in just a moment. Now, the last book of what we call the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, Bible scholars or theologians tell us that a silent period existed between the writing of the book of Malachi and the first book of what we call the New Testament, or the Gospels, which is Matthew, a 400-year period. But in that 400-year period, God was busy. In that 400-year period, there was a language created, a Greek called the Greek language, which was basically spoken by most of the nations. And not only that, once the Roman Empire conquered what we know as the known world, it did something very unique. The Roman Empire were engineers, and they built roads all over the known world so that now we have a language in which we can write the Scripture and a way in which to go to the world and preach it. So the Bible says when the fullness of time had come, we know according to Isaiah, he prophesied, Isaiah chapter 7, that a virgin would conceive. He prophesied the place over there in the book of, uh, what is it, Micah. He said that it would take place, not the conception, but the birth of the Lord Jesus would actually happen in Bethlehem of Judea, which is the city of David. So we must understand that everything that God was fixing to do was foretold. Everybody say foretold. That means God knows what's going on and what's going to go on. We ought to get a better amen than that. God knows what's going on, and He knows what's going to go on. So keep the faith, amen? God knows what's going on. So now we end up in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, this is a powerful interaction here between God and His human uh, His, uh, creation. It says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto Galilee, unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. Now we know first of all this angel didn't make a mistake. He came to the right person, to the right place, and he came at the right time. Now let me say that again. He came to the right person, he came to the right place, and he came at the right time. With God dealing with you in your life, God is coming to the right person, At the right place, and He's doing it at the right time. Don't put off God's dealings in your life. Well, next year, when I get a better job, when I get my raise, when this happens, when... No, you allow God to deal with you right now. He may have some seed He wants to plant in the womb of your spirit, and He may have a miracle He wants you to birth. I'll just leave that for another message. Amen. But now notice it says, And the angel came into her and said, verse 28, Hail... Thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed. Everybody say blessed. That's not the word blessed. Let me say that again. That's not the word blessed, that's the word blessed. Blessed art thou, the word blessed, are separated and deified. No, not separated and deified, but blessed or favored art thou among women. Now, first of all, God always begins something by choosing an individual and showing that individual the way He sees them. Not the way they see themselves, the way He sees them. That's why it is important for you to dig into the Word of God and to see yourself the way God sees you. You can't see yourself as white or black or Hispanic or oriental or even male or female. You've got to see yourself in Christ. See yourself saved. See yourself healed. See yourself prosperous. You say, well my circumstances don't line up. They will if you will see yourself the way God sees you. Your circumstances will line up with it. But now notice verse 29. Here comes this angel. He's got this powerful word. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, now notice this, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Everybody say rejection. Immediately upon the impartation of this word, her mind began to reject it. Now let me just stop here. We're not picking on anybody or anything. We're not picking on any religion or denomination. But let me just say, first of all, because I know many people are raised in the Catholic religion. The Catholic religion adheres to Mary as what they call a co-redemptress. They adhere to her deity. She is the daughter of what they call or who they call Saint Anne. This is not true. This is not biblical. Mary, the Virgin Mary, was not deity in any way. Neither does she retain any deity now. You say, now how can you say that? I don't have to say it. The Word proves it if she had any element of deity in her, she would not have been casting in her mind what manner of salutation that was. She would have put her hands up. She would have started dancing. She would have said, I've been living my whole life for this day. Thank God, Gabriel, you finally showed up. Here I am, here I am, here I am. But that's not what happened. She's just like you and I. Just like you and I. The word virgin means pure by choice. So she is chosen by God. Why did God chose her? I don't know. He just chose her and then came down and spoke this word, spoke this word. But she began to do what? Cast in her mind. It troubled her. The saying perplexed her. She could not figure it out. You ever been like that when God spoke to you? Well, so was Mary. It says, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Cast in her mind what manner of salutations this should be. The angel said unto her, now notice this word, fear not. So what tried to raise up? Fear Fear tried to write. She just like you and I. No difference in her than you. No difference in her than me. Fear came. Why? Trying to embrace this great, grand plan of God with her mind. And when you try to embrace the plan of God with your mind, fear always shows up. So, what does the angel do? The same thing you should do. More word. Everybody say more word. Say it again. Say it again. More word. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Now, here comes more word. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, shall bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Say it two more times. Jesus. Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now, notice this. You'd have thought that had done it. You'd have thought that had done it right there. You'd have thought, man, that's a a, a done deal. No, no. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now she's allowing her mind to be troubled. Now after more word, more word, more word, because all of these things that are said except the name Jesus, everything else that was said, you can go right back into the Old Covenant and find they are direct prophecies from either a major or a minor prophet So he gives her more word, more word, more word, and all it does is cause her to question the possibility of it. How can this happen? How can this happen? See, and I know not a man. So the angel probably said, hey, God, what you going to do? How am I going to get out of this? God always knows. The angel answered and said to her, I love these three words, the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, church. The Holy Ghost will help you receive the Word of God. The Holy Ghost will help you open you up to the things of God. The Holy Ghost will help you surrender to His will. The Holy Ghost is your helper, your comforter, your advocate, your standby, your intercessor, your strengthener. God has given us the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now notice this. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Not only does He include the Holy Ghost, He also includes the testimony of somebody else who faced an impossibility in their life. Have you ever noticed when you're going through something, there'll be something come on the radio or some uh, uh, program come on the television or some book will get given to you or some testimony that has to do with the same thing you're going through? That's God showing you you're on your way out. That's God showing you I've got provision for you. That's God showing you I have something no matter how impossible it may be. There is possibilities in God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now notice verse 37. This is such a small verse, but it carries so much power. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean by nothing? See, that's what your mind will do right there. Your mind goes, well, let me me explore. Let me explore the depths of the word nothing. Well, what about my light Bill? Nothing. Oh, they told me I have cancer. That's nothing. Oh, what about the economy? Nothing. Oh, what about the Democrats? Nothing. What about the Republicans? Nothing. Come on, church. God calls it nothing. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Listen to it in the Amplified. I love it in the Amplified. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now, here's Mary. She's just some kid. Come on, trust. Well, she's some kid. Theologians say she's either between. The, she's probably most likely in between the ages of 14 and 17 years old. Probably closer to the 17 year old. Side of that is true. Here comes an angel, carrying with him a message from God that's supposed to convince this child that you're going to be the one that's going to carry the redeemer that has been prophesied since Genesis 3:15. Everything. Noah did, everything. Abraham did, everything. Isaac did, everything. Jacob did, everything Israel did, everything the Levitical priesthood did, everything David did, everything Solomon prophesied, everything Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah prophesied, everything the minor... is all culminating in this moment right now. Come on, church. And she's probably standing there going, Is there somebody else in this room I'm not seeing? Then the angel greets her. Hail, thou that I highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And her mind goes. Zzz, zzz. And fear hits her. You say, how do you know fear hit her? Because the angel had to say fear not. Had to rebuke it. Fear hits her. Then the angel just begins to impart the word. Impart the word. And says, by the way, dad's fixing to name of the boy. Because in that. Jewish religion the father had the right and high privilege his name and the son said by the way let daddy name his child his name shall be Jesus Amen Amen. Amen. and so he keeps on then the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee power of the high shall overshadow thee therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God the Son of the Most High say what? So he's reaching. He's saying, okay, God, you know, I've done all I can do. i got to have something. i got to put this gal's brain in neutral. Because if she keeps trying to figure this out, people have tried to figure it out for ages. They can't figure it out. There's people going to get saved. They're going to live 2,000 years from now. They're not going to be able to figure it out. They're going to have to live by understanding, not explanation. And I'm trying to explain it to this. you got to give me something that's going to put her brain in neutral so her spirit can open up. So God says, tell her this. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So her mind probably did the same thing your mind will do. All right, let me figure out nothing here. Let me figure out nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. So you finally run out of gas trying to figure out what nothing is because the Bible says, for with God, nothing, 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 nothing shall be impossible. Now notice the next scripture. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy... Say it again. Now in the New Testament, we know it's written in Greek. There are two definitions of the word word. There is the word logos, which is the written word given unto us. Then there is the word rhema which is real and alive. Remember when Peter and them were fishing and Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side. Peter said, no, we've toiled all day. We've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy... That's the word rhema. That's why when you tried it, it don't work for you. Because he didn't tell it to you. He told it to Peter. Nevertheless, at thy word. That's the same word, word. This is a living, alive, real word. She says, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. She said, Oh, yeah, I got it figured out now. I know what's going on now. Oh, yeah, I know. I got it all. No, no. She said, I can't figure this out. This is too big for me. A nation has risen up so that this might happen. A priesthood has risen up so this might happen. A king has lived so this might happen. Here I am, this little over. All I know is this. Here I am. Whatever you say, God, that's what we're going to do. That's basically what she said. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And when she said the word, word, something supernatural happened. All of the word that had ever been spoken, all of the word that had ever been prophesied, which lie in the spirit realm, begin to come out of that spirit realm and go right into the spirit of a little virgin girl and it went into her spirit and so energized her spirit that it affected her reproductive organs. And immediately, life begins where? At conception. Immediately conceived in the womb of a virgin, which is what? Impossible. Now come on, church. I said we're virgin birth people from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. We don't believe it happened any other way. We know this is the way it happened because this is the way it's in the Word of God. Immediately, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy Word. Boom, Jesus was conceived. And the Word, the Bible says, John 14, and the Word became what? Flesh. You say, now come on, Pastor, you really believe that? God shows us a pattern right here. Now, first of all, don't write, none of you ladies write me a letter. That, this is the way you're going to have a child because I'll have to come talk. To, we had, remember that one that lady one time? I mean, just, oh my. You have to learn to walk in love in these things. But there's a principle here that God wants you to know. And that is, there are some things that need to take a conception on the inside of you. And it happens by you making a decision to quit rejecting the Word. To quit casting in your mind what manner of salutation this should be. For you to quit considering how shall this be, seeing there's only one way to do it. And you need to open yourself up and say, behold, the servant of God. Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. By his stripes I am healed. My God supplies all of my need. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And you need to let a conception take place in the womb of your spirit so that you might bring forth the word of God just like she brought forth Jesus. So here's Jesus. We got him here. Glory to God. We got him on the planet. Now this is amazing. When you understand the plan of your adversary, the devil, he had him a nation called Rome. If you go study the history of the Roman Empire. You'll see it is wicked from the top to the bottom. He had him a nation called Rome. He needed an army. He knew there was going to come a conquest of his kingdom. And it was his kingdom. We'll study that when we study the temptations of Jesus. He said, all these kingdoms I'll give. They were his. He got them when Adam sinned. He said, I better get ready. I better get me a nation. I better build me an army. I better get ready because God's going to send redemption. No telling what kind of army is going to come out of heaven. But I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have my army ready down here on the earth. And God did what? He slipped a little baby in right under his nose. He slipped a little child in right under his nose. Let me just say, you say, well, didn't the devil know? The devil is not a creature of revelation, folks. When he fell, he lost his ability to have revelation knowledge. Uh, you, ought to, you ought to shout. You say, why? Because, he listen, when he sees you, all he sees is Jesus. When he sees you, all he sees is redemption. All he sees is the blood. All he sees is his own defeat. He just doesn't want you to know that. So, I went and dug out my old, old notes... I wrote this course on redemption so many years ago, but I just felt in my spirit there were a couple of things here. Four reasons, everybody say four reasons, why Jesus could represent both God and man and bring heaven and humanity together. Isn't that good? God had no physical body until Jesus was born. No physical body. It is illegal for a spirit being to access human flesh unless permission is given. He said, well, man, I know, brother, so-and-so, he got the devil in him. He got there illegally. Jesus talks about that in John chapter 10, where he talks about the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you might have life. He said, I've come the right way. I came through the gate. The true legal gate into humanity is through the womb of a woman. He said, anybody that comes any other way is what? A thief and a liar. Who's he talking about? The one that got into a snake. Jesus came the right way. He came the legal way. That's why he could represent both God and man. B, medical science tells us it's the father that gives the child the unique characteristics of its blood. Therefore, all man's blood was tainted because of the sin of Adam, the father of mankind. God was Jesus' father. Therefore, his blood was not tainted by the seed of Adam. Glory to God. Jesus also fulfilled all that was spoken about him into the earth. There could only be one who could be a sacrifice. He had to be the spotless Lamb of God with no sin. Jesus did not inherit the fallen nature of man through Adam. He did not sin against the Father. He was the spotless Lamb of God. Now in closing, go to Philippians real quick. It is such an amazing reality. Philippians chapter 2. This incarnation, this clothing of the fleshed, flesh of a preexistent being. We know that he was the captain of the host of the Lord to Joshua. Moses is born. Birth- well, there was one, of, somebody even, I think it was Oral Roberts, preached the Jesus in every chapter of the Old Covenant. and talks about he was, you know, David's sling and all this kind of stuff. That's so powerful. Philippians chapter 2. Here is more of a, I don't know, what would you call the behind the scenes or an x-ray of what actually happened. Look at verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Now notice this. This is just mind-blowing. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Don't ever let anybody ever tell you, that Jesus was not God. Don't ever let anybody tell you that Jesus is not God today. Are you with me? So here is God. He's just made Himself of no reputation, took upon Him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Now, one, one particular religion here on the earth They don't adhere to Christianity. But their biggest problem with Christianity is this. This is what they say. We cannot serve a God who would dare come down and interact with humanity. We must have a separate God. We must have a God that reigns in the heavenlies. Now you know who their God is. Who would not dare to lower himself to a position in which he would come down and actually take on physical flesh. Well, I hope that stumbling block gets removed for them. If it doesn't, it'll send the whole bunch of them to hell. Because here you have a God that loves you so much, that cares about you so much, that could have took with one wave of his hand or one phrase from his mouth and destroyed the whole thing and started over again. But he did not do that. He did not do that. He came up with a plan to redeem us, to repurchase, to buy us back. Not that he owed anything to the enemy. No, it's the adversary. It is the humanity that owed the debt that the adversary caused to happen. He couldn't pay it. He couldn't pay it. So God said, what I'll do is I'll pay it myself. He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man. Notice this. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, a horribly torturous death. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee must bow of things in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Now let me close with this. This is absolutely beyond what your mind can grasp. Here is this Creator, Elohim, Jehovah God to the nation of Israel, Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, Jehovah Rapha, the God of healing, Jehovah uh, Sidkenu, the God of righteousness, Jehovah Jirah, the God that's the provider. Here is this God, benevolent, loving, kind, caring God. His creation falls into a place of separation from Him, into sin and degradation. He has a plan to redeem it according to what? The Bible calls it the terms of justice. The Bible says that He does all things after the counsel of His own will. Who sets those terms? I have no idea. Thank God He did it though. So He takes a piece of Himself. God, the three in one, the triune being, God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Ghost. He takes part of Himself. Part of Himself steps away from deity. Woo! Could you do that? Steps away from all that deity afforded him. Steps away from the authority that deity afforded him. From the wealth that deity afforded him. From the blessing that deity afforded him. From the reputation that deity afforded him. He stepped away and stepped back. And the Bible said, was made of what? No reputation. This is God doing this. I said, this is God doing this. This is God doing what mankind could not do. He steps back and He steps away. Now it would be one thing for Him to just come down to earth. But then the Bible says He did what? He humbled Himself. There's something about the character of God that I want you to know our humans' minds cannot fathom. Where God humbled Himself. Stepped down out of heaven. Came and got into the womb of a virgin girl. Lie in that womb and grow and develop. For nine months and then was born into a world that wanted to destroy him. A world in which the entire system was arrayed against him. The Bible says he took on the form of what? A servant. Was made in the likeness of men. Became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We're we'll study what the death of the cross meant for us. But then the Bible says, wherefore God hath also what? Highly exalted him. He relinquished and gave up all that he was. And he served his way back into a position that he did not have before he relinquished what he had in heaven. Today, he sits in heaven at the right hand of the Father. The risen Christ from the dead. Almighty, all powerful all-loving, kind, interceding on behalf of God's family. One of his greatest introductions, you know one of his greatest introductions? One of his greatest introductions was to introduce those that would follow him not to their national God, not to Jehovah, not to Elohim, but to their heavenly Father. when we begin to recognize and realize all that it meant for God to take a part of himself and send it to the earth we begin to realize that the weight of his sacrifice is worth any sacrifice that we have to give in order to serve him and do what he's called us to do in the earth because his sacrifice is so much greater and because he did it we can follow in his footsteps You can be born again. You can be right with God. You can live for God. You can follow His will and you can come out on the other side blessed thanking God that in the ages of time to come you can look back on this little small period of time you spent on planet earth and say thank God. His love, His mercy, His grace, His kindness found me. I was a mess. I was part of Adam's weird old family but then I got born again and I got a heavenly father. Now I'm a part of God's blessed family in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services Sunday morning, 1045, Tuesday prayer, 730, Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located 2411, 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.